As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Andrew, hit us with the spoiler cast theme song for this week. Go tell that big skull crawler. Go and tell those Vietnam brawlers. Tell Loki, Fury, and Captain Marvel. Tell them that Kong's going to cut them down. <laughs> tell them that Kong's going to cut them down. Nice! Hey. <laughs> That has become easily my favorite part of anything we do, is hearing Andrew's uh, theme song every week. Welcome to the Sif Point, Sif Pop Spoiler Cast, where the theme song is different every week because we never want to give anything away. Please make sure and listen to the Sif Pop podcast first before you listen to this, because we're not going to be rehashing a lot of the stuff we talked about there. And if you haven't seen Kong Skull Island, we highly recommend you hold off and listen later, uh, not just because we're going to spoil everything about it, but also because we probably won't make sense because we're going to be jumping around talking about different things uh, that we want to. So hold on to your butts. It's time to do spoilers. For Kong Skull Island. Uh, I'll just start there and say, and we did actually talk about this in the podcast proper. It was brought up. That was one of the only things in the movie that genuinely, like, completely took me out of the movie. I was just like... He took his line directly from Jurassic Park. I know. Park. Like, what is the advantage? Like, I mean, is the advantage there supposed to be that everybody goes, <laughs> that was in Jurassic Park? Is that is that all that's supposed to be? Like, Either that or Sam Jackson has been in so many movies now that he has to start rehashing lines because... <laughs> he said every combination he's, of he's words. He said every single kind. combination of words, yeah. That's the only other logical explplanation because... <laughs> let's look on IMDb. I'm curious how many acting credits this guy has now. It's something insane, I know that. So he's been in 173 movies. Wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. 130 of them were uh, last year, too, uh, fun fact. So. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so yeah, so what are some things you guys want to get into and talk about this that we, now that we can spoil it, I'm sure I'll want to talk about some of the specific monster fights. Uh, you know, we can talk about how it ends, who dies, who doesn't, any of that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, where do you guys want to start? What's something that stands out to you in the story? Um, so, 
uh, John Goodman and uh, what was his name? Uh, Corey Hawkins, who I think he's been in uh, like a straight out of Compton. He was Dr. Dre, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay, so so John Goodman and Corey Hawkins, they are the ones who recruit Tom Hiddleston. And they say he was a former SAS. And this is what I was talking about earlier in the podcast proper. He's been retired forever, but whenever they get to the island after Kong obliterates the helicopters yeah which by the way there were way more helicopters that flew in that were actually on that boat but that's semantics that's a, that's hilarious mm-hmm. because it has always been a running gag on sif pop uh helicopters. the helicopters are spoilers yeah because um and barrett you wouldn't know this but the original co-host of sif pop uh is was danae hughes and during one of the early episodes she was like she was like oh can we talk about you know spoilers now or like sure and she was like there were helicopters in this movie and i'm like that's a spoiler? <laughs> like, so from then on, anytime anybody mentions spoilers, people mention helicopters. But in this movie, the helicopters could kind of be a spoiler, because that scene, there was a lot that went on. Yeah, and then Kong threw the palm tree. He That was insane. It. Yeah. That whole uh, sequence right there was beautiful. It was horrifying. It was horrifyingly beautiful, because the way they worked with fire, you know, like mm-hmm. Kong crushing and then sam jackson just stare stay what he was just standing there staring at him like he was trying to bulldog kong like kong is gonna be like oh this guy's serious i loved that scene (laughs) that was great but yeah this is where everybody should have died you know yeah end credits the end you know it's like we came we saw we all died here's here's a question for you so we know that this king kong is going to fight godzilla in 2020 did this movie to you, especially to Barrett, possibly, did this movie, do you guys feel like it was a movie just to set up that fight in a couple years, or did it feel like its own movie? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I thought it absolutely was a, a setup. I mean, the whole thing was a, a, a an excuse, rightfully so, uh, for, for a lot of people to show what they can do technologically with this character to see how big he is and to introduce him into the universe for further use. And, you know, that that's what they were going for, I think. I, I think the movie uh, exists to set up that universe, mm-hmm. but I also think it does operate on its own terms. I think it, you know, it is... There is a story. There's enough of a story structure here that you don't feel out of place. I actually... This is gonna. Re- this is going to really rankle some. Probably even Barrett's gonna really be rankled by this. But I notoriously one of my uh, one of the reviews on my YouTube channel that gets the most dislikes is for I can't even remember if it's the raid or the raid two because as awesome as the action is in those movies, there isn't even a story to hang that action on. Like there, it's just it's just from action scene to action scene, from awesomeness to awesomeness. Uh, and I, no, that's and, fair. That's absolutely fair. And, and, and so I, in my review, I talk, I took off quite a bit because I need at least some sort of story to hang my hat on this. I feel like at least has a story that you can hang your hat on. There's something going on here with what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to prove that this monster exists and, you know, it's all about hubris and, and those kind of things. Is it, is it a deep story? Not even close. It is, you know, it's a thin mint. But it is, you know, it's it's something at least. Whereas, you know, a movie like, you know, The Raid or The Raid 2, I can't remember which one, 
uh, doesn't even really have that. Actually, I thought I think it was Raid One because actually I think Raid Two did have more of a story. Yeah, he gets he gets sent into the prison. Yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. To, yeah. It's to all departed style. Guard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we should probably mention that this movie starts off back in the 1940s, whenever John C. Riley, as a young man, him and a uh, a, a zero pilot, crash land on Skull Island. Which how did they get through the storm? I'm curious about that. Who knows? So they chased each other through the lightning. Exactly. So they crash land on this island, and that's whenever we find out that John C. Riley has been there since World War II. And uh, it was also interesting because it looked like they were on a beach, yeah. like sandy beach. We've never seen sandy beaches at Kong at Skull Island. Yeah, it's all rocks and threatening things. And wait, you know, like where is that sandy beach on Skull Island? Like, is that on the north side? Like, you know, that's actually Kong's summer home, <laughs> right? The... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's always been like the giant walls to keep yeah. people out. Yeah. So interesting. I didn't think of that, but Where's now the, that... like, where is this tropical vacation spot, Skull Island? That sounds amazing. It's in between the giant spider and the octopus monster. Okay, it does no longer sounds amazing. If you get to the saw blade birds, you've gone too far, <laughs> so... Turn around and go back. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, I'll let you talk about that. There was 4,032 different monsters on this island that were just out of they were unique. Did you I count? Would, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even even uh, giant ants that sound like birds, apparently. But uh, yeah, I do. I did like the character or the creatures' designs, especially the skull crawlers. Mm-hmm. Those things were cool. I thought that they were really well designed and pretty creepy. Yeah, and you know that the you know they kept talking about the big one, and you know that the fight at the end is going to come down to the big you know skull crawler versus you know Kong and and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I can talk about some of those moments. Uh, let's talk about the spider. Uh, I alluded oh, to it so in creepy. the intro with the bamboo. Like, all yeah. of a sudden, out of nowhere, a bamboo tree, like, impales this guy through the throat. And it's just like, what is going on? And I love in that scene how we really have no clue what's going on in the same way they have no clue what's going on. And then, you know, they look up and, it, is that a spider? Is that literally a spider whose legs are camouflaged as bamboo trees? How genius is that that's so much fun yeah uh, i don't <laughs> do like have, i don't they like... only have one each of these characters though like if if there's a bamboo spider coming after you there's only one if there's that one that looks like a log camouflaged there's only one of them the only th- right. thing that we see more than one of is the skull crawlers and it's like it's an obvious thing to just introduce us to something that may or may not be threatening, but that's the only one. You're good. You know, you just keep moving on. It, it, it's fine. That's a yeah. fair point. Uh, I mean, there were more birds, uh, which makes sense. But no, I, I think that's a very valid point. And in fact, I, that is that would have been interesting. I don't know that they could have done it if it felt like the world was more dense with these monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly there were a variety of... Yeah. <laughs> Of monsters, but it, it was like they were sparse. They weren't like you know they didn't yeah. travel in herds. I mean, they should be looking over their shoulders every second of this trip, right? And they go through long stretches of just like they're they're in the water. They're you know they're working on a boat for like thirty minutes. Like this, the danger is not all <laughs> is not present all the time. It's just you know whenever we need to throw an action scene in there, yeah, which was often. I, I really enjoyed the octopus fight. I thought that was really cool. Nah. Uh, I love it. Was so pointless. 
That scene was so can I tell you the pointless. Point, can I tell you the point of the octopus scene for me? To show that Kong can eat Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was about calamari. Kong, yeah, it was about Kong sushi eating habits. Yeah, uh, it it was no, it, but literally Kong like calamari. <clears throat> literally, I had that thought of what does Kong eat to stay this huge? You know, and that's why it's you know it makes sense that there are other giant animals on this this island because otherwise he would you know waste away to nothing. How well, many calories a day do you think that that dude needs? I'm glad you got your eight minute worthless scene to answer that one question. <laughs> <laughs> they run into John C. Riley's character, who is with this tribe of people who are behind this huge wall, bigger than any wall that they've ever done in this in this series. Mm-hmm. And uh, these people there are worshiping King Kong as a protector, as they do in all these other movies. But then they introduce creatures that come from under the ground and they say that there are skull crawlers and they're the ones that actually killed Kong's family and that you need to go through this graveyard in order to get to the northern part of the island to where you can escape. They head through the graveyard. John Goodman gets randomly eaten just out of nowhere. Didn't expect that to happen. And um, then they have to fight a small skull crawler. Here's a That's question. kind of the deep blue sea moment. Yeah, uh, of the movie where you know Sam Jackson and Deep Blue Sea. So here's a question I have for you. Maybe you can answer this because I don't really remember. It's been a couple days since I've seen the movie, but they said whenever Kong gets hurt, that's when the big skull crawler is going to come. How did they? How does the big scroll skull crawler know when to come out exactly? I don't know, man. Intuition. It, yeah. Psychic powers. It, it didn't make any sense to me. He's he's crawling around in in Kong's skull, like he's in his brain. He uh, knows when. Must be it. Yeah. But then Sam Jackson takes all of his soldiers, and then they wreck with napalm Kong, and then the big skull crawler comes. Get to the end of the movie. It's the final fight between Big Kong and Big Skull Crawler. Great fight scene, by the way. That was really cool. Yeah. Rips out that thing's throat. Did both of you guys feel like the fight scenes at least delivered? Like they were, you know, that was like they the were cool. big redeeming part of the movie. Was I could see this Kong fighting Godzilla and holding his own. Yeah, I mean, what it is is just a showcase. I don't know. For for me, I see where you're coming from, but for me, like if you don't have any stakes involved with it, it's literally just like watching art happen you know a mm-hmm, series sure. of, no, of wonderful cgi animation with no real attachment whatsoever to it you know kong's gonna live you know that these things are just puny little annoyances to him um and you know even though he can survive being burned by napalm being shot being all this stuff and uh you know still save the girl too um i don't know when you have that that lack of stakes and the slow motion and all that stuff it's just like oh this is pretty but i don't really care about it i see i cared about kong like those were the only stakes i had was like you know i love this beast and you know i wanted him to succeed which you're right we know he's going to although is this the first kong movie where kong's alive at the end of the movie like I mean, Kong usually dies at the end of the movie. It's very true. Yeah, it's true. Um, but 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 he had never previously been slated to fight. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, speaking of that final fight, it does have an homage to you know Kong cradling the female you know protagonist uh, protagonist in his hand. Except in this case, while she's in his fist, 
Kong reaches down the throat of this giant creature (laughs) and pulls out his spine or heart or stomach or something. What was that like for her? Right? It was just a, it was just a dark roller coaster ride for her. She had no idea what was going on. I've seen some stuff. <laughs> I thought that was spectacular. I was just like, it, it's such a great way to turn that idea on its head. You know that that tender moment is a moment of violence as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I thought that was hilarious. Well, you know she's Captain Marvel, so it didn't hurt her all that much. That's true. Too, so. That's true. Yeah. Um, here's another thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I looked up the name. I wouldn't have known the actress. Uh, her name is Jing, Jing Tan, Tian. Um, oh, in... the pointless woman. <laughs> yeah, the pointless woman. Yeah. Here's, here is what I found out though. And you will begin to see more and more, um, Asian actors in these movies because of the, you know, box office, uh, for, uh, the Asian countries I found out, and again, I haven't done a ton of research on this. They are cutting the movie differently in China to feature her character more and his character less. Huh. So they're like the same kind of character, but cut differently in different markets based on what you know should affect the box office. That better. is cool, and, actually. And that tells you everything that you need to know about this movie, <laughs> is we can cut it any which way we can to make the most money in each market. That's hilarious. Now, I don't, listen, I heard that, and I have not done the research, but that makes sense to me as to why she was in the movie in the way she was, because she didn't seem to do anything, but she survived. It wasn't like, you know, she was there to die, so... I think you know she kind of plays the role, the Corey Hawkins kind of role, and he takes the back seat in the other release. I could be wrong about that. Because isn't she in the Great Wall, the other pointless Matt Damon movie? I'm not sure if she, I think she, she is was or not, but yeah, yeah. But see, that movie's different because that is a movie made for Chinese audiences, except they and then released a- here. You know, they put Matt Damon in it for us, kind of thing. So you're saying that Matt Damon isn't in the Asian market? No, no, no. Version? I think he is. I'm just saying, you know, that's that's just their their type of casting. Okay. <laughs> now with a hundred percent less, Matt Damon. <laughs> well, had, they built that wall to keep him out, so you know, you never know. Well, okay. Um, anything else you guys wanted to touch on? Just real quick, post credit scene. They're sitting in a a, a what would you even call that a, a an interrogation room. Then they say that Kong's not the only king in the world. They show hieroglyph, like cave paintings of Godzilla, Mothra, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah. And then that's setting up the next Godzilla movie, which is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. There was a there was a kid at my showing down the row from me who lost his mind. We did. During that, that post credit scene. I thought everybody knew that's kind of what was happening, but I mean, he was just like, he, he, he was so happy. Yeah, we yeah we know it's happening. We know the movie's going to happen. It's happening next year. But me growing up as a huge kaiju kid, like watching all the Godzillas, the Gammers, the Rodans, all those, it's it's fan service to a point, but it's also childhood nostalgia. So I just became a kid again whenever all that stuff was happening. Yeah. So I love that part so much. It's weird, though. Why only those two? What you mean? Why only Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston have been trapped away in this? Why is why is John C. Riley <laughs> able to go hang out with his family and you know have a great time, and these others are sequestered? Why did I get 
slightly emotional and happy for John C. Riley <laughs> reconnecting with this kid. I'm like, oh, good for him. I felt a little happy instead Dude, of. We we're more emotional about that hot dog. Yeah, he loved that hot dog, <laughs> and he just wanted to watch his uh, Chicago Cubs. You know, that's an interesting point. What are they going to do with Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston? Because this is 1973, and Godzilla happens in the present day, right? Yeah. I was thinking, like, um, uh, Melissa Le- not Melissa Leo, but I was curious if any of the characters in Godzilla were older versions of Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, but I checked, and they're not. So I guess mm. they're just chilling. I guess they're still in that interrogation room. <laughs> I loved hearing the Godzilla roar in yeah. IMAX sound. Uh, it was a man. That was great. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know that there's really much else to really talk about. I mean, I, I It's love- not a movie you can spoil. It's big monkey <laughs> yeah, fight. The major <laughs> twist. <laughs> I I took my... Kong is actually Kaiser Soze. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Kong, Kongser? Kongser Soze? Kongser Soze, yeah. Um, Kings or Kongze. Uh, anyways, uh, I took my 12 year old, uh, to see this with me and he was a little creeped out by some of the stuff. Like uh, the spider? The spider particular he mentioned, the birds he mentioned, I think the scene of them just out of nowhere, that was another out of nowhere death. Just they're sitting there having a conversation and two <laughs> birds swoop down and just pick him up by the shoulders <laughs> and then they just tear him apart in the air <laughs> Um, so, but the greatest part happens after that. They just go like, immediately yeah, after this guy. He's like, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They just give up. No, well, they just go back to a how about them cowboys conversation. Like, yeah, he wasn't. He didn't want to come anyway. I did love when they shot the first bird, and then like all the birds. You realize it was that actually the, a really whole beautiful. Tree of birds. Yeah, I thought that that shot was pretty cool. Like I said, there's so many beautiful shots in this movie, but those shots are there just to be beautiful. They don't serve a purpose of any sort. I also liked, uh, you mentioned the ants. Uh, I also kind of liked that they mentioned them, but never showed them. Like, that it was like, you know, just a, they didn't feel like it had to go there. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was cool. Might as well, they showed every other animal on the island, so. What was that log one? Oh, the giant walking stick? Yeah. The giant walking log? Yeah, the walking log. How was how was that animal going to hurt him? It didn't. He As soon as he started shooting, he's like, I'm out. I don't want to deal with this. Well, <laughs> I think we're supposed to believe he was out because he saw the, the skull crawler behind him. But that doesn't make sense. If you're camouflaged as the log, why would you become uncamouflaged? Well, I don't think the skull crawler <laughs> was at, at... I think he became uncamouflaged because he was going to eat uh, Toby Kebble, mm. and then the skull crawler came upon them, and he was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Toby Kevill got the better of him at the end, though, because he became King Kong. And uh, Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I did there? I do. I All do. Right. I thought you were talking about his bloody skull getting vomited up by the skull crusher. Yeah, that was... <laughs> the skull that crawler. And his dog tag. Do- That's right. That was so convenient. Yes. <laughs> so many conveniences. Did you think he was movie. dead? I didn't think he was dead. What? I thought he had survived somehow. Really? Because they didn't sh- any time they don't show a death. It's not Game of Thrones. They don't have to have a death on screen for you to confirm that it's a dead person. Plus, it's PG-13, so... I've seen Die Hard. I know you have to see the dead body. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, I can't think of any other big scenes to big, talk about. Big, dumb, fun movie. Uh, it was interesting to see who survived. Oh, I have one more. This this movie did this several times and I really liked it. Uh, where somebody would 
start to do something like big and the movie was like listen your puny little uh man speeches don't matter to me i uh, did that with samuel l jackson's death from kong like you know just crushed him. just crushed him and then one of the skull crawlers when one of the guys was going to sacrifice his life and you just know whips him out. just, just <laughs> like nope <laughs> What? He's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for you, boys. He pops a couple grenades. He's like, you go home and you love your mama. And (laughs) Jesus just whips onto the side of a mountain. (laughs) Oh, dear Billy. We loved your dad's movie, but it was a little ridiculous. Well, except for Barrett. Barrett Dear Billy, Barrett hates your dad's movie. (laughs) 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 Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) That's right. Uh, thanks guys. Um, that'll do it for the spoiler cast for this week. We will be back next week to chat beauty and the beast spoilers, which by the way, I think you already know all the beauty and the beast spoilers. (laughs) As humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.